Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Porch Stories. I'm Brandy Chun, your host, and today we're joined by Miss Sheila Odom and Miss Myra Odom. And again, our conversation will be focusing on life inside the Porch Consolidated School. Miss Sheila attended the Porch Consolidated School and is here to share her experience of what it was like to attend the school. With that being said, I will allow my co-host, Mr. Billy Bailey, to introduce himself and get started with our conversation. Hi, I'm Billy Bailey. And um, so, Miss Sheila, we want to start this off with everyone. And we try to start off kind of telling us something about yourself, um, who your family is, uh, uh, when you attended the school, things like that. Um, my name is Sheila Odom. I was a Roland before I became an Odom. And I'm 64 years old. And my mother and father was Jack and Dem- Jack Dempsey Rowland and Eunice Presley Rowland. And there were nine of us kids. And my mother, she didn't work outside the home. She always worked at home. And my dad worked for the state of Alabama. And my daddy was had a real bad leg. It was one of Dr. Macy's first patients, and but it didn't slow him down a bit. He worked, made a living for all of us, and we went to, uh, I went to the Porch Consolidated School for, I want to say for a year and a half, but it was during my first grade because they didn't have kindergarten at that time, and I really was excited about going to school, but then I was scared because I didn't know what to expect. And I knew I seen my sister and my brothers, you know, when they would come home from school and everything. And I was kind of scared at first, but then I got to where I, I liked it. So you have uh, siblings. Who's your siblings? My siblings is um, Vera Roland Raymer. She's my oldest sister. She went to court school, too. And then my brother, William, Donald Rowland, everyone knows him as Bubba. And he went to school at Porch too. And then my brother, Don Wayne Rowland, he went to school at Porch when he went to school. <laughs> A lot of times when... Uh, they would pick us up on the bus. Him and several of the other boys would get on the front, in the front of the bus, and then they would in, end up the next stop would get off the bus in the back of the bus. <laughs> so, but yeah, he went there too. And uh, where was you? Where was you raised at? Port Switch, uh, Hot Fork, Hepperdeen. I was raised in Port Switch, okay. and I lived there until I got married. And 1972, and we had a wonderful childhood. We didn't know we were poor. We just knew we was there. You know, we mm-hmm. every kid would come and eat from our at our house. My mama was the only one that on that what we call Porch Road, Porch Switch Road. Now is she was the only one that was around during the daytime, and so all the kids would come to our house, and we had to do all our chores like in the summertime, like pick cucumbers, butter beans, peas, and all that kind of stuff before 
we got out to go to play. And Billy, your daddy, was one of our, they lived up the road from us. So you was raised on Applin Road? Applin Road. Okay. And uh, your daddy and his sisters and brothers, all we all lived together, and we all played together, and we all, you know, ate together. And then there was the uh, Linda Kay and Dale Applin that lived on the road where we lived at, and they were part of like I say, part of our family. Part of your little community right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Part of our little community there. And they were all tribal members and everything. But, yeah, we had a, like I said, we didn't have as much as we wanted, but we had what we needed. Yeah. And we didn't know what we wanted. We, and we didn't get to go to town maybe once a blue moon. i get to ride to town with somebody. Other than that, we didn't. The Rolling Store would come by. Oh, really? Yes. The Rolling Store would come by on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we would save our money. We would pick up bottles. Cans wouldn't. Back in those days, it was bottles. We'd pick up bottles, and we'd take them to Aunt Cora. She run the store at it porch. And where was that store? It was... On Porch Road, right across from the Uncle Mason's church, the Friendly Holiness yeah. Church. Okay. It was right across there. And we would pick up bottles and take them over there, and she'd buy them for 10 cents, 20 cents, you know. And then when the rolling store would come around, we'd have enough to buy some, some ice cream, hmm. you know. And, but yeah, we, uh, and that's how my mom did a lot of her shopping, is they would, she would buy stuff from the Roland store. And like I say, it came on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then we went to, uh, I said we never went to town that much. We might, we get to go to the cucumber shed in the afternoon after we got through picking cucumbers and my daddy would come home from work and we would go to the cucumber shed. Mm-hmm. And that was the only place we really got to go is the cucumber shed. And, and one thing is that we did at community school was that I was in the classroom with a lot of of our friends that's here now, and some of them's already passed and stuff. But uh, I remember going to school and we would see each other and we play with each other. We didn't have toys like kids did nowadays. We had to play with sticks. Sticks with our guns, sticks with our cowboys, you know, kids play with cowboys and Indians, and we played stick horses all the time. And the girls would build straw houses in front of the school. Uh, There there was so many pine trees, and we'd make straw houses, and we would look for stuff that we could make, like if we had cans when our parents would empty cans, we would bring them and we would get to paint them and stuff and make them like a little table and chairs and stuff and mm. things like that. And we would, and if you had a baby doll, which was very rare for us to have a baby doll, you would bring it and we would play babies with. And sometimes, oh, I remember my Aunt Clara made us a doll. 
made me a doll out of um, some kind of sack, corn, no, a flower sack. And I took it all the time to, to school. And uh, I remember Becky McGee, she's passed on now, but she wanted my baby doll. And so she got it and took it home. And I went crying to my Aunt Clara, told her that Becky had gotten my baby. No, but she got brought it back the next day. She said she was just keeping it to feed it and get it a bath, and stuff, <laughs> you know. And um, but then my aunt Clara made her one because she lived right up the road. So my aunt Clara made Becky a baby doll, and uh, and I can remember when we went one day to school, and it was so cold, you know, and we didn't have, you know, you had wood heaters. They had the, the wood heaters. It was so cold in that building that, which we had a hundred pieces of clothes on, and uh, our teacher, Miss Whittley Martin, was my, she was teaching that day, and she went home and got quits for us to put around our legs and our shoulders and we had like two or three wrapped up in a in a blanket sitting there on the floor and uh, to keep us warm mm. uh, but my main teacher was this Biggs she was from Lottie and she really really helped us with everything that we needed to do she would show us how to how to write. She was the one that taught us how to, taught me how to write. And she taught us how to read. And we didn't have but if one book per family to read, you know, and if you had two or three siblings, well, you had to share with them. And uh, she taught us how to add and how to subtract and and Miss Roberta Sales, she helped out a lot with with the kids, learning them different things, how to read, how to write, uh, and she learned us how to wear little red stripes on our legs because if you did not behave and you did not listen, she would take you and she would your little legs would be red with stripes on it. To get you a switch, yes, oh. with a switch. And you dare go and get your own switch and bring back a little wimp. Did you get some? Oh, yes, sir. I got plenty, <laughs> plenty of them. But the one that, that really got us, got me, was Miss Whittley Martin. And she got me is because when I went to school one day and I didn't want to go to school, and my Uncle Bryant, Roland, and Aunt Clara lived right across the road from the school. And my Uncle Bryant was my favorite uncle out of all of them, and I stayed with them a lot. Well, I didn't want to go to school that day. So I went to school, and I crossed Jack Springs Road and went over to my Aunt Clara's, and my Aunt Clara told me to sit on that porch until Bryant, my Uncle Bryant got home mm. at dinner time, and I did. And my Uncle Bryant marched me right back over there to that school. He said, you've got to go to school. you got to learn something because you're going to be some. 
somebody someday. I said, I don't want to go to school. Miss Whittley's over there. And I went over there, and he called Miss Whittley out, and Miss Whittley tore me up and told me that I ever crossed that road again. Wow. And I wore stripes on my butt and my legs for, I know, a week or two. Because that woman, she she knew how to swing a switch. (laughs) I guess it's because she had so many boys and stuff, so she (laughs) knew how to swing a switch. But but those were the good old days. And I can remember Daryl Sales. He was one of my classmates. And bless his heart, he would just... He'd get there and he'd just, and I would, we would laugh at him. I would laugh at him and he would just, and uh, Miss Beeks would say, Mr. Sales, you need to calm down now. He was Hopper. Yes. <laughs> yes. He was, we didn't know what Hopper was, but he was Hopper now. <laughs> See, uh, but he was, he would, he'd be all over the place and, and he would, Miss Beeks would come in, Mr. Sales, just sit down now. And one day I remember him asking her, I said, do you know what my name is? And she said, yes. She said, your name's Daryl. He said, why are you calling me Mr. Sales? That's my daddy. <laughs> That's my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we had, we would have, we would have the best time up there at that school. And there was, we went to school, I went to school with several, like I say, Linda K. Applin and uh, Velma and Velma went to school with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, Myra King and Annery McCurdy, Matt Jr. Mars. Matt Jr. was, the boys were kind of rough. Were they rough? Yeah, they were, but they were good boys. They were, but they were rough, but we had a good time. Anthony Rowland went to school with Anthony and Dino. Because all, like, it was like first, second, third together was all together. Mm hmm. And you, I didn't know if I was in the first or the third or the second grade. I was just there. You was just there. Yeah, we was just there. We didn't <laughs> know what grade was in. But, yeah, we were all together. You know. I remember a bus would come, pick us up, and uh, Mr. Dan, Dan the Monkey Man, that's mm-hmm. why everybody called him, <laughs> and uh, he'd come pick us up. And we had to, where we lived at, we had to walk up to the, now is the Porch Baptist Church, and we had to walk up there to catch the bus, and uh, there would be a whole crew of us walking down that road. And sometimes when it rained, our road flooded. Mm. And I remember one day we were we were coming home from school, and it had rained, and it was water all over the place. And them boys, the bigger boys. Like your daddy, Bubba, mm-hmm. Bailey, and several of them. They would tote us on their backs, my brothers, to get where we was going. And one day I thought I was going to drown. I thought I was absolutely going to drown because he had failed and he had went under and I would went under. and stuff. That's how deep it was. It was deep. It got deep through there, huh? It did. It huh. did. It got deep through there. And boys would swim in it sometimes. <laughs> uh-huh. But, yeah, it got deep through there. And so we were right there in front of uh, A.S. Dale Rowland and uh, Woodrow Rowland's house. And 
Estelle came out there and she said, she grabbed me and pulled me under, pulled me out. And, uh, but it was, it was, it was, yeah, deep out there and stuff. Then there was uh, the first time that we have heard or seen anything about anybody dying or get, well, get killed was uh, Steve Feed. He lived up the road from us, his mama and, and Marlon and him and Winston, Steve and Winston. And us kids thought, my God, why did he get killed for? You know, we didn't know anything about people getting killed and stuff. And um, I remember us all getting together and going to the wake, what we call the wake, but back in them times, we'd sit up, sit up with them at night. Mm-hmm. We'd sit that they're all night long, you know, and you kids didn't move or didn't do anything. You slept there. You know, people would sit up with the dead all night long, you know, until to be buried. And then we went to um, my Uncle Isaac was the grave digger. That's what they called him, the grave digger. And they would dig graves for the tribal members and stuff that passed away. And uh, I can remember sitting on my Aunt Reva and, and Aunt Josie's porch, and he'd be headed to, didn't drive, didn't have a car. He'd be walking with his shovel and his hoe and he'd be going down there to new home to help dig a grave. Mm. And I remember one time, and it's been a I mean, I was a small girl, small girl. And I remember, I can't even think of who it was. But we had went to the church, and he was laying out on a, I call it a box. It wasn't a casket or nothing, but he was just laying out there, you know, and I can remember that. But I don't know who it was, or I know it was over at Friendly Holiness Church, because that's where they all mostly had funerals at. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember who it was or what, but, and I've asked, I asked my mama one time, I said, Mama, why did she said, well, that's the way they bury tribal, I mean, well, it wasn't tribal marriage. That's the way they bury the Indian people. Yeah. And uh, we saw all that coming up. But now, there was a lot of kids that went to porch holiday school while we were there. And we had a Christmas party one time. And I was a shepherd, so my Aunt Claire made me a little shepherd outfit. And then I remember this, I don't know what church it was or what, but they came out and they brought us some apples and some oranges and little bags and stuff. And um, and I remember that, and we they had brought us some candy, and we thought we were in hog heaven with candy because we never got candy that much. But they had brought us some fruit. Stuff and we sung songs and we sung Silent Night and uh, but I wish we could. I wish I'd learned more back in those days. Mm. No, and then my when we would do chicken dinners at the powwow grounds, which my dad and him always called the secret, you know, sacred grounds. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I couldn't understand why we would have to catch those chickens, which I am scared to death of chicken, catch those chickens, and my granny and mama would put them up under a tub, and they would feed them food, 
And Granny would always say, we're trying to get them fattened up and cleaned out. And I didn't know what that yeah. meant, mm-hmm. no, until later on in life. <laughs> and then I've seen my Granny wring chickens' neck. The <laughs> chickens would be flopping around and stuff. And she would take and boil the water and stick them chickens in it. feathers them up. up. And that's the chickens y'all took for the chicken yes. chicken dinners at Howard yeah. Ground? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> My granny would make fried chicken, mom would make chicken, fried chicken, chicken and dumplings and stuff like that. And uh, I asked my mama one time, I said, Mama, why are y'all making, and why do we have to cook and go up there and eat? Because really, truly, that was the only time we fellowship with one another. All the communities. With all the communities together. Mm-hmm. That's the only time we got to really fellowship with uh, everybody in the communities and stuff. And uh, back in those days, you know, kids, you keep your mouth shut. It ain't nothing. It's none of your business while we're doing that. You just do what we tell you to do. Yeah. And we did. And uh, and finally, I figured when I found out that that's what they were doing, we're raising money for Chief Calvin to go to, to Washington to help us with what we got now. And my daddy, I can remember, he had a little char, jar, and he would put his change in that jar. And then he would take it to the sacred grounds when we had dinner, and he would put it in the box. They had a box there, and people put their money in that. And that was what it was for, for us to come to hmm. Calvin to go to Washington. But then we had a, we had the best time at Portsmouth with the lunch time. We had to take our lunch in what they call a cert bucket. Mm-hmm. And normally the oldest one out of the family would have the lunch box. And that was my sister Vera. And we would have cold biscuits. And sometimes you might would have a salt meat if they killed a pig or killed or bacon or something. And mostly it was syrup. You might have some jelly every once in a while if they went out and found berries to make jelly. But mostly it was syrup and biscuits, cold biscuits, and water. You didn't have any milk or no Cokes or no no juice. No or juice or nothing. That. It was water. You listening to all this, Myra, right? <laughs> 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 and we had the best time though, and that was the good old days. And we all would come together. Like I say, if anyone died, I mean, there were so many, I mean, everybody in the community would come together and support that family, whatever they could do, and. One day we were out in our yard, and like I say, a lot, all the, most all the kids would come to our house because we had the biggest family in the community, and they would all come over there and gather around, and you know we all played together and everything. And um, it was the day after Thanksgiving, I think, or it might have been the day of Thanksgiving. I don't know, but it might have been. I think it was the day after. This guy that lived in our community, he was kid to us. His name was Carl Adams. But we always called him his Pee Wee. Yeah. He had gotten a new 
shotgun for Christmas the year before. And so he went with a shotgun. I don't know. It was a gun. I don't know if it was shotgun or not. But he decided he wanted to play with it. And he went out behind our yard and he shot two of his fingers off. Mm. And, you know, us kids didn't think nothing about it, you know. Well, we was trying to find the fingers. Oh. <laughs> and my da- I can hear my daddy now, get in that house. And so my daddy wrapped it around, you know, wrapped the stuff around it. Now, and he finally took him to the I took him to the hospital. Take him to the hospital in Atmore? Mm-hmm. And, you know, got him. Got him fixed up. Got him fixed up, but he lost his two fingers. <laughs> and <laughs> us kids were trying to find his fingers, you know. And trying to help out. Yeah, we was trying to help out. We was trying to find his fingers. Oh and, uh, but they were they were real good to him at Atmore Hospital and uh, I think it was called Green Lawn Hospital at that time or something. I can't remember. I was born there. Green Lawn. Yeah. yeah. And we had uh, had some fights at school. We'd fight. Then we'd turn around and play. We'd fight. We'd turn around and play. Be best friends and stuff. And I remember one time, me and Beverly McGee Hocum, we got in an argument and uh, my sister Vera said, do not start no fight. I said, I ain't going to start no fight, but if she hits me, I'm hitting her back. <laughs> and uh, Vera said, do not hit nobody. Because Sister Vera was at, like, she was the boss. Vera was the boss. Yeah, she was the boss. <laughs> and I told her, I said, I, if she hits me, I'm hitting her back. So we, then we got in this little squirrel. I said, well, she hit me first. Beverly said, no, she hit me first. I said, you hit me first. So we got in a little squirrel. But but I'd love to watch those boys that'd be out there playing ball. They'd start fighting. When, you know, they wouldn't really. they just pushing one another, hitting one another, and throwing one another on the ground. And uh, But then they'd get up, and they'd be racked back at it again, playing. <laughs> and and um, I know you said, ask me the question about what was a normal day. Which, and I can remember us coming in the classroom, and like I say, if it was cold, we would they would have the heaters on. I mean, not the heaters, but the fireplaces going and the wood heaters going. And I can remember us coming in and we're sitting down at a little table. If you had a chair to sit, sat in a chair, but if you didn't, you had to sit on the floor. So you wanted to get there early to get a chair. And we would first start off with Miss Biggs was saying, Okay, y'all, stand up. And we had to pray. And she would tell us how to hold our hands and how to pray. And after that, she would read the Bible. And she would say, Do y'all understand that? Which, you know, we were, I was. First grade, everybody say, "Yeah, we understand that." We really didn't, you know, know what. And then we would say the pledges of allegiance, and she would say, "Y'all got to cross your hearts." So everybody had to cross their heart. And I remember uh, Daryl say, mm-hmm. "He said, I don't want to cross my heart. I don't want to cross <laughs> my heart." And she said, 
Mr. Sales, cross your heart now. So we all had to cross our heart and say the pledges. And uh, she would pick one out of the class to come up and hold the flag. And if you get a chance to go up and hold the flag, you were in front of all the kids and you thought you were something, you know, you thought <laughs> you was big. And uh, then we have, we have little plays, like, you know, for our parents to come and watch us. And little plays. And uh, we have one called uh, A Lost Pig. And I can't remember too much about it, but I remember the pig was lost and we was having to find the pig. And... We found the pig, and everybody was happy. But I can't remember everything about the pig feet. <laughs> Did y'all have costumes for that play? Mm-hmm. We had lived up, and they were just, you know, different things, but it wasn't really costumes at that time. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that Tim Martin or Nathan was the pig, one of them was the pig, mm-hmm. or it might have been Randall. I don't, I don't know, but I think it was might have been Tim or Nathan Martin was the pig. And like I say, we had all three classes: first, second, third. And so there was pretty good, probably about twenty-five or thirty kids in that play. Uh, oh my goodness! Well, did you go there from you said first to sixth grade? I went first, and then about a half of. Second year, they had to move us because they were closing the school down. Okay, so that would have been like around the second second mm-hmm. grade. And then where did you go from there? I went to Rachel Patterson in Atmore. So let's break it back. Why were they wanting to close the school? Do you remember? I don't remember, but I know they said something about you know, they didn't have the money to, to leave it open. Mm-hmm. And the Board of Education, I it open and people in the community didn't want me not the people in the community but and uh well did that make you nervous yes knowing that you wasn't going to be in your small little yes it was then you went to atmore ma'am to rachel patterson okay now you're talking about rachel patterson not the rachel patterson we had today rachel patterson would have been the one one there beside that was on the Main Highway. Uh-huh, Main Street on mm-hmm. the corner. Okay. Corner. Was it a difference? Like, was it a big difference? Was yes, it was. I hated that school. Did you? Yes. What did you hate about it? One thing I hated about it is because it was too far from home, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and we were out of our comfort zone, you know. Mm-hmm. We had to ride the bus down there, and it was like, uh, and then when you go in there, there's, you know, so many kids there and tension and stuff. So I'm assuming Mr. Dan wasn't driving y'all from porch to Atmore. Who would have been? Well, Robert Qualls, Qualls Qualls. which was married to tribal member Bernice Qualls. Mm -hmm. He drove us back and forth until he retired. And then when he retired, Miss Shirley McGee drove the bus. But he mostly drove from the time from here to Huxford. Did you get treated any differently at Huxford? Can you remember? Yes. You did? Mm-hmm. Yes. When we were in school at Huxford, I remember us, we couldn't sit on the front of the bus. We had to sit back of the bus. And you had to sit with your 
your kind. That's what they tell us. Yeah. Your kind of people, you know. And uh, Mr. Shirley McGee then started driving our bus, and he would pick up just the tribal, mostly the tribal members and the black families that lived, which was the staplers. He would right there by, by, by the porch. railroad track. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, would they um, take the kids from like different the different communities around here? Like Head of Padilla or any of those? Mm-hmm. They, okay. They would take Head of Padilla and Hogfort and Port Switch kids. Mm-hmm. And we would all ride the bus together. But at Huxford, if there were something like to participate in, they wouldn't let us participate. If we had a program or something like that, they would, they would tell us that they didn't need us or didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that they didn't. They didn't like us. Some of them. What grade was that that you attended Huxford? I attended Huxford from the fourth grade up to the ninth grade. So we went up to the ninth grade at Huxford. Yes, ma'am. The ninth grade. And uh, when you got up to the old, I mean, like the seventh or eighth ninth grade, a lot of our kids dropped out because I can remember. This one guy, Henry Press Price, Henry Price, and he lives over on, used to live over on Bill Road. Mm-hmm. And Lord, he would give them heck, mm-hmm. his teachers. I mean, he, he would, <laughs> he would. And finally, one day, he just got enough of it, and he just knocked his teachers, just slapped <laughs> Stuart out of her. Oh, and my God. Yeah. And how old was he? He's in the about the eighth grade, I think. Ooh. Yeah, but she had picked on him and picked on him the whole time he was in school. Just about it, because back in them days, she didn't have teachers that moved back and forth. You mostly had one teacher, and she did everything. Mm. And she just kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on at him, and he just had enough of, of it. it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, had <laughs> enough of it. But yeah, we. Um, I know whenever we was. Um, when all this stuff was going on about, you know, everybody had to go to different schools and stuff, and they were having the riots and, like, an app more and different places. Mm-hmm. Well, we had gotten a call, Mr. Gorham did, that was the principal at Huxford, that there was going to be a riot at, at Huxford. And uh, so he gathered all of us in the auditorium, and he was talking to us about and uh, one guy, Paul Wayne Pearson, <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, and my brother Bubba and Dale Applin and Marlon, I think Marlon Thede was with them. I don't know. It was several of them. All of them did. So we're going to riot. We're going to protest about y'all treating us bad, about the Indian people treating us, y'all treating us bad. But they never did. They didn't do nothing. But at Huxford... It was like, I mean, like I said, they didn't want us there, but they had to have us there because, you know, the Board of Education. Mm-hmm. And, um, but later on, like on my, in my ninth grade, they have, they had new teachers and new people that came in and they treated us. Got easier. Got easier and stuff. Well, that's good, knowing that it got better for yeah. y'all. And what makes, 
upset is that the people that treated us bad is wanting to come to is working with us or married some of our tribal members. That's what really, really, really kind of gets to me because we weren't good enough back then, but now we're good enough. But it's life. Time has a way of changing, don't it? Changing people. So after Huxford, you go to high school? I went one year to the high school. Okay. And then I dropped out and went and got my GED and that. But uh, it was just too big at the High school, high school was big. It was. It was just too big, and I just yeah. couldn't couldn't handle it. You're a small town girl. Yes, I'm good. <laughs> so, and I was the kind of girl that when kind of and if if you made so and so cry, you might have to answer to it. And there was a lot of times a lot of our yeah my friends and stuff, and mm-hmm. I would end up in trouble. All you didn't like the bullying. Yeah. And I still don't like book. Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah. So let's talk about now, Miss Sheila. You've been with the tribe, working for the tribe for a pretty, pretty long time. When we were walking up here, we were talking about you possibly retiring, getting to that age. So, how long have you been working for the tribe, and what jobs have you done? Because I know you've been with the health department for a pretty good long time. I've been with the health department for going on. 36 years. But my first job was working. I worked with uh, Ray Reed and Donna McGee. Uh, Donna Sue McGee. She was a white when she died. And Ronnie Ray and Linda Weaver. And I was on the JTPA program which was a six-month program, and Kent was over that program at that time. And uh, we would clean the offices. It was Linda Weaver, Miss Bernie Gaiman, and Miss Hattie Mae McGee, and myself. And we would go, we would clean the offices, you know. We would sweep, mop, clean toilets and stuff like that. Now you're talking about which offices is that? Would that have been around Porch or would that would have been? This was at Porch. Was that at the school when the school was a two-story? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's when uh, school was two-story and they had Head Start there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gail Thrower was over the like gathering information and stuff. And Larry Hakey worked there. Tim Martin. Gay Drew was the director of stuff. And um, they had the sewing class over there, which Mary Jane would tell us over that. And then we had a little housing department. And I can't think of the man's. I can see his face right now. But I can't think of his name, but he was from Oklahoma. Uh, I think Porter was his name. Proctor. 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 Sam. Sam Proctor. Proctor. Mr. Sam. Mm -hmm. Mr. Sam. And he had came down, and he was working our housing thing, trying to get our housing. This is before we got federally recognized. Yeah. And uh, So y'all would have been Friendly Creeks. Yes. Okay. Or the Creek Indians east East of the the Mississippi. Mississippi. And that yeah. was what our names was. But I had uh, 
work with Miss Linda Weaver mm-hmm. and Miss Bernie and Miss um, Hadman, and we would clean their clean all of the offices and everything. And then Miss Hadamay retired, and like I said, I was working on the JTPA program. So when my time came up to leave, I left, and then I came back to work for six more months, and that's when we moved into the new uh, new health department. Mm -hmm. When they moved into the new health department. You remember that year when they built the health department? Mm. Was it 83? I want to say 84. 84? Was it around? It's right oh. after recognition. Right after? Yeah. Okay. I'll find out. All right. I think that's when it was. And so I was still working, cleaning, and stuff with Linda now. Well, Kent and his crew was in the old uh, train, where the police training I don't know what it was called, multiple purpose building or something down there. And uh, Chatelaine was there sometimes. Um, but that's where, and the wit was there. Um, but that's where Kent McGee at the JTPA office was. And sometimes during the time that we didn't have that much to do, we would go in there and Cindy Bird and Susan Hadley was there. Kent secretary, so they would teach us how to type. Mm. Me and Miss Bernie, it's a come over here and we, I mean, we would be typing, you know, uh-huh. you know, and they showed us how to type. Because Cindy Bird was the best typist it was. I mean, she could get uh-huh. it out, and she was the one that. And so, me and Miss Bernie, we'd pick away, we'd pick away, we'd pick away. Well, one day, Susan had to had to leave on an emergency. And then Cindy uh, Bird had to go out on sick. She was real sick, and so she had to go out. Well, and Kent didn't know too much about the um, payroll thing, and it was getting, we had to do payroll time cards. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know that much about it, and neither did we either. <laughs> <laughs> but he asked us, he said, I just noticed y'all been over typing. I said, we've been trying to type. And uh, so he called, he asked, he said, well, y'all, can, y'all, can y'all help me type these timesheets? Uh, I said, I guess we can help, see if we can do something. Because I was eager to learn stuff and wanting to do stuff. Yeah. So it took us almost a day to do one time show time card, but we got it done. <laughs> One time sheet, and we got it done. And uh, so, then he asked him if I could an- we could answer the phone for him. We, and Miss Bernie said, you can do that. And Linda Weaver said, I ain't got no, I don't have to do nothing to do with that stuff. So I started answering the phone for Kenya and doing some little meat max. Mm-hmm. Well, Clara Jones, no, not Clara Jones. Ellen Obar was the receptionist at the Travel Center. And she was going to work for over at uh, the health department as receptionist. So Tim asked me if I wanted to come to work at the at the uh, center. 
I said, doing what? He said, answering the phone. I said, I don't want to answer that phone, that big old phone. <laughs> so, I, so I went there, and then I went from there to the health department, and I've been in the health department ever since. And what department of the health department did you work in? Is that medical records? <laughs> Still, or did you? <laughs> well, I started out as receptionist for the health department. Then I went to WIC clerk. Then from WIC clerk, I went to alternate resource. And I got an award from Indian Health Service for being the, out of all of them, the best mm-hmm. alternate resource to collect. And that was to collect money from insurance that we billed. Mm-hmm. For services that they yeah. did at the health department, billing their insurance and yeah. finding if the tribe couldn't pay for it or Indian Health Service couldn't pay for it, I'd find resources for them. Like I always get Catholic service and they would pay for some diapers for a tribal member that we could not pay for. And then we had a tribal member that had a colonoscopy bag and he couldn't afford and the tribe couldn't afford it, you know. And so Salvation Army would provide that form and stuff. And and just to mention that was pre Google time and pre computers. Yes. Yes. Phone so that's calls. Phone and, calls and, yeah. and visiting their offices and yeah. you know, and helping them out and stuff. Well that's um, amazing. And there would be some kids that would come through that would need classes or something like that. I would contact people that I knew of and things that I had researched to try to find help for them. Yeah. I don't know if it was this way for you, but when I worked, walked through that health department, it was just like you was in a new world. Because we never yeah. had nothing like that. Yeah. And I remember I when it was. The grand yeah. opening. Like, mm-hmm. you mean this is at Port? <laughs> <laughs> That's like I said at Stillbet. Step back now. God, I never would have thought nothing of this. Yeah. We would have this when growing up. Yep. And there was a lot of things that we have gotten today that I wish that our parents, oh, our yeah. grandparents could see yeah. it now. And I think they do. I think they're looking up up in heaven looking down at us and Oh yeah, for sure. The uh, and everything. The health department that we have now is it's amazing. It's amazing. And we have people from all over coming yes, we do. to use it because we have, you know, the IHS. Mm-hmm. And so it is a it is. a great thing. And we do have, we have people that comes from the Choctaw Tribe over Mississippi. Mm-hmm. They come over here for health service. Because the because, facilities are so much And better. they said the people are so kind and friendly and said mm-hmm. they try to help you they want to help you and stuff yeah oh i believe that and we we've had people to drive all the way from georgia tennessee yeah i believe that but when i worked the first time and the reason i left betty caraway was working glenda carlton was working and the reason i left is because my husband had gotten laid off, and we didn't have any income because we didn't. We worked. We didn't get a paycheck for two or three months, you know, because mm-hmm. we didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And I can remember when Mr. Buford Rowland, Mr. Tullis, John Arthur McGee, and Eugene Madison, they went to the bank and they borrowed money to pay payroll. 
Mm-hmm. They would mm-hmm. borrow money to pay our salary and staff. Wow. For payroll. What year was that? Do you remember what that would have been? Oh, probably around 76, 78. Wait, uh, probably about 77 or 78, mm-hmm. 79, around that year. Yeah. Mm. Because I had a newborn baby and I had to go find a job, you know, to, yeah. to supplement our thing. But yeah. So you grew up around Porch Switch. Where do you live now? I live in Nokomis, in Alabama. Okay. Has that always been where y'all lived in Nokomis? We've lived there, and we did live out here on the reservation. One, not on the reservation, but out at at a house that we had rented, Mister Jody Martin's house after he passed and stuff. And then we bought our house in in town in Nokomis, and. We wouldn't have been able to buy that house if it wasn't for the tribe. We were yeah. kind of like the first ones to get a house you could either build or buy. And we were one of the, I think, the third or fourth one down the line that got a house. Got a house. There. Okay. So you were able to use the services here at the tribe to get your house? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great program. It is. Miss Meyer, you got a question? Miss Meyer, I think you was in Boys and Girls Club. Was you in Boys and Girls Club when it was over at the old school before we moved? Yes, sir. You remember that? Yes, sir. Did you like it over there better than over here in the big building? Can't remember. Not that much, but I did like it. Yeah. You like the old building better than the new building? Yes, ma'am. I've heard several people say that. Yeah, I have to. Probably just that closeness and just, mm hmm. And where do you go to school? I just graduated from Huxford, so I'm going to start at EA. Oh, at EA, okay. All right. That is exciting. Are you scared? Are you glad? Are you happy? I'm happy. You're happy? You got some of your friends going to EA? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Would you like to see a tribal school around here so that you can go to here in the port? We do. Yes. <laughs> can't shake your head. <laughs> this has been good, yeah. Miss Sheila. This has really been good. Is there anything else that either one of you would like to say? Um, anything, Miss Sheila or Myra, if y'all want to make any final comments? I just want to say I thank God that has blessed us and he's keeping us. And I bless God, thank God for the opportunity that I had when I was growing up to learn and to from other tribal members in our community. Because, like I said, we were all raised together out there at Forks, you know. And mm-hmm. if you got a whipping at my house, you got a whipping at your house. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and like I said, Bubba Bailey, that's all, we, that's all I've ever known him as is Bubba Bailey until I started working in the health department. I didn't Didn't realize his his name was William. Mm -hmm. I like Bubba (laughs) Bailey. And I can remember his mama, she would come out on the back porch or on the porch outside. She would holler, Larry Wayne. (laughs) And you could, and every one of them would come. They knew they better be there. 
at that house. They listen. They listen they to her. Listen. Yes, listen Larry to her. Wayne, <laughs> and you could see. I mean, they would. We got to go. They'd take off and go home. They didn't get in trouble, did they? Uh. <laughs> 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 yeah, we all got in trouble. Like I say, though, if we got a whipping at Miss Burley's, we'd get a whipping when we got home. Yeah, we got a whipping at Miss A. Miss. Uh, Arnell, we did a when we got home. Mm-hmm. And my Aunt Lily Mae, that was Thelma and Velma's mama, and I always ran from her. And she would tell my daddy when my daddy would drop my Uncle Rob off, she'd say, Jack, that girl ran from me today. I'd get a whipping when I got home. Oh, my goodness. When, you, when your daddy whips, you got a whipping. That's a different kind of whipping. That's different, a whole lot different. But there was no time out doing our thing. You didn't get time out. <laughs> you didn't get you didn't get to have to, you know, a talk. They you didn't get that, to think you about got it. That, you got that switch or that bell. They didn't have time to think about it. No, you didn't get a whipping, so not that much. <laughs> <laughs> and my daddy, he a lot of times when we us as a family would do something, us brothers and sisters, and if we would say, I didn't do it. Daddy, he done it. Daddy, mm-hmm. I didn't do it. He did it. She done it. He would line every one of us up. Oh, God. And he'd whip every one of us. Didn't matter who did it. Didn't matter who done it. He said, I don't care. He said, you was thinking about it. That's what he said. <laughs> you was thinking about it. But um, my, da- my daddy, he had a real, like I say, a real bad leg. And Dr. Mason, Macy was his first uh, patient. Yeah, what happened? Was there, um, do you remember? He why? was... Him and his brother Stidham, Roland, which was, his name was Albert Roland, they always called him Stidham, and they were playing, and he was riding Stidham on his back. Well, he fell in a hole, and he broke his, uh, mm. the bone, the mm-hmm. chin bone, and back in those days, they didn't think nothing about it. So they just, to heal up. Yeah. They put some stuff on it and took him to the, Uncle Noy was considered the medicine man, Wayne McGee, took him over there and he managed to do it, you know, and stuff. And they didn't really. Well, about two months after that, uh, him and Miss Hadley Mars was real good friends. They were pressed. She was a press at that time and they were back in those days and they played that. Well, she kicked on that leg. And it didn't seem like it just, you know, bruised it a little bit. They just kept on, kept on doctoring it and stuff like that. And then he got where he couldn't walk. And so my daddy took him to the doctor in town. The doctor told him that it had been broken, that he needed to, to set it. And uh, my daddy told him, that he would, I mean, my daddy's daddy told him that he would, that they would come back. Well, I don't know how he got in touch, I mean, how Dr. Macy, he would come up here, I think, once or twice to, or something. I don't even know where he came from, to tell you the truth. And he came, and they took my daddy to see him, and he took care of him. He put him in the hospital, took care of his leg. Mm. Uh, and my daddy, daddy, 
they wanted to take his leg off and tell him no, not taking my baby's leg off. Mm-mm. So they, and my daddy, the day he died, he still had that bad leg. He limped, and but he didn't let it slow him down one bit. Mm. Like I say, he worked eight-hour shift at the state of Alabama, Loxley, drove all the way to Loxley and back, and then come home and did his what he had to do, feed cat, hogs, feed cows, feed chicken, and mm. go to the cucumber shed, mm. cucumber time and stuff. And, uh, and his daddy, this lady, her name was Aunt Susie. I don't know. She was Susie Gibson, and uh, she married a Ross, Willie Ross, before she died. They got married, and she took care of my daddy a lot, and she would pull him around in a little wagon, because after that, he wasn't able to walk until he was about 13, 14 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, they would take, she would rally him around in her wagon. She would take care of him. My mom and, hmm. and daddy worked in the fields. Well, his mom and daddy worked in the fields and mm-hmm. took care of the other kids because he, he had uh, nine brothers and sisters and stuff. My daddy did. And uh, she would take care of him while they were out in the fields working and things doing, doing things for him and stuff. But, uh, but like I say, it didn't slow him down a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we always lived close to my my mama's mom and daddy. And uh, they were, my grandpa, he would come over early in the morning before he goes to work, work for the Scammy County Road Department every before and turn on every light in the house. <laughs> and my mom, we had this wood-burning heater, and she would have that. Fire that that pipe going up. It's a wonder we never got our house burnt. It'd be red, wouldn't it? Red as fire. Mm -hmm. And I met, and he would come in and turn the lights on. It's time to get up, and it'd be five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) But we all would get up and, but uh, but yeah, my mama she would have that have them biscuits cooked in the afternoon, have them sweet potatoes. Time you turn that curve on that bus, you'd smell them sweet potatoes, smell them, and then have them biscuits done. Mm. And she would always cook them. Have a big pot of beans. She'd cook cornbread, and she'd cook biscuits, because some of my brothers didn't like biscuits. They liked cornbread. So she would. I get that. I like cornbread better than biscuits. Mm Mm-hmm. I like both of them. I, I do, like too. To I do, too. <laughs> but I prefer cornbread, too, over biscuits. Well, you discussed a lot about the community and how everyone kind of chipped in. Um, do you think that it's like that today, or do you think that we kind of lost that sense of community, or what you think? I do. I think we've lost that. Uh, because, to me, I feel like, just coming back here to our community over there, it's, it's changed so much because there's some new people that live and over there. That community's not the same from it's when I not, was growing up. It's not the same, and it's not as safe because my mo- when my mom lived there, you know, 
I would get on to her when I'd go out. Mama, you've got to keep your door closed and keep the door locked mm-hmm. because you don't know who's coming down here because there's, there's different people lived here, you know. And that was the hardest thing for her to do is to to lock yep. down, you know, and to put stuff up because back in our days, you know, we didn't. I mean, we'd sleep with the windows up, the yeah, doors on, doors open and stuff, and wouldn't have, to, have worry to worry about, about it. And even in the 80s when we was growing up, like we, we'd mm-hmm. run that road, up and down that road, playing with Randall and Chad and all yeah. them all the time. We was mm-hmm. up and down that road. Up and down that road. And mm-hmm. didn't have to worry about, you know, but now you can't even let those kids, let your kids outside to play like you used to and stuff. But we went to, we would go up and down the, them roads, and we had one bicycle in the whole community. <laughs> and we rode that thing everywhere. Uh, we got it. Salvation Army and the Atmore Fire Department would bring gifts out there. And they got, brought us one bicycle. And we rode that bicycle until we rode the wheels off of it. All Appleton Road rode that bicycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody on Appling Road ride that bicycle, and then when the wheel, the rubber part, we just took it off and rode on the uh, on the rim. The rim. Daddy told me about that bicycle. Mm-hmm. They, they just ride on the rim, ride on the rim, keep on going, keep trucking, buddy. And uh, but yeah, then we had this big old ditch over there beside uh, it's on Porch Road. It's right close to the Friendly Holiness Church. It's a big old ditch. I meant big. And that's where sometimes we play house over there. In the ditch? Yeah, in the ditch. We play house. And uh, we'd take different things over there and fix us up a little house. And then the boys would come along and they would mess it up. Oh, gosh. And they would, and then when it rained, it rained. And it was. They'll swim in the ditch then. We'd swim in the ditch then. And stuff. Yeah, we sounds like a good time. We did. We had we. You look back at it and say, "Yeah, how on earth did we ever survive yeah. by not getting snake bit, yeah, ran over, or getting kidnapped, yeah. or something like that?" A lot of y'all was family around that area, though. So yeah, was, that's yeah. all. Around there was family. We all considered one another's family, and we all took care of one another. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing I, I miss about, you know, is that everybody took care of everybody. Your family needed something. Mm-hmm. All they had to do was holler. Because I remember many times Mama had sent us up, that, up the road to whoever, somebody's house to get maybe some sugar or get mm-hmm. a cup of flour or something like that. And people would come to our house, get an egg or two or something like that, you know, and that's, that was our normal thing, you know. Mama, run up to Ruth and get a cup of sugar, or run up to Isabel's, right. or go to Z- uh, Dolly Mae's and stuff. And we always called Dolly May and, and Susanna the, we always called them Nosy Bell. <laughs> yeah. They're right on the end of the road. Yeah. yeah. And if anybody ever went, they saw anybody go down that way, especially in a car, they'd be sending Brenda Sue or 
they even down there to find See out what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I know I remember my grandmother Rena Presley. We would be playing out in the yard and stuff and everything and. Back in them days, you didn't see cars coming down that way. And when a car would come down that way, she would make us run and hide. She'd tell us, she'd say, go and go in there and get up under the bed or go out there and get in that shed and don't come out till I tell you to come out. And we would do it. We, it doesn't matter. matter whose kids was there. She made you go and hide. Wow. And I never found out why until after I started doing research on some stuff, and I found out that her family had gotten picked up by the state. Mm. Outside in the yard playing, and the state come picked them up mm. and took them, and they had to go to an institution. Mm-hmm. And I never knew that until after. Yeah, she was just keeping you off from getting picked up. Yeah, and yeah. she was. They were bad about that. My mm-hmm. granny was. I mean, you you did if a car comes. And, this was after I got married, you know, and the, our kids were playing at me or something. You, she see your car, she'd make you take your babies in that house, take your youngins in that house. Yep. Everything. But yeah, I can remember some stuff that we'd done that I think in a thousand years that we hadn't got snake bit. Diving yeah, in yeah. Bale Creek. I mean, then, you know, going down to the gravel pits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. jumping yeah. off the gravel pit. Yeah, y'all did get lucky. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Lord was just keeping his hand on crazy fast. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'd go out to that old gravel pit walk. We would walk. We'd walk through the woods and stuff and walk out there to that old gravel pit, go down by where the, uh, what's it, the sewer plant is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Porch, walk down that road and go out there to the gravel pit, come back. Wouldn't yeah. be nothing but us youngins. It wouldn't be no adults with us. Bunch of kids. Bunch of young ones. Bunch of young ones. And that everybody in the community, they would come over there to our house, all the kids were, and they would help us get our chores done, like picking cucumbers or picking peas and butter beans and stuff, and then we'd take off going out there. Hmm. We might take a, a old cold sweet potato and stuff like that and a certain biscuit going about our business. Hmm. Do you remember whenever they were mentioning about them building the um, casino? Do you remember how you felt about that? Because I remember like my own self, like how is a casino going to come to this little area? We were doing something one time. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know, but Mr. Tullis was Tribal chair at that time, and he was working off and on, and he would come here, and it's up, come to, when he wasn't working at, I think, Monsanto or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, he called me and Linda Weaver and Bernie into his office one day, and we were sitting there, and he asked me, this is before the bingo palace came, mm-hmm. and he asked us, if they got a bingo hall, and if the money, if the revenue started coming in and started it, would we accept that money as it being gambling money? Mm-hmm. And 
I can remember what Miss Miss Wanda said. Well, if it's if it's going to benefit us, well, I'll take it. You know. Yeah. And uh, then he asked me, and I said, "Well, I said, I guess, you know." And then Bernie, she said, "Well, I don't know. I'd have to talk to my husband about it, but said, uh, I would. I don't think I would take it because it's gambling." Mm-hmm. You know? So we're talking, and he said, "Yeah." He said, "A lot of people have already told me that." Mm-hmm. You know. But then I told him, I said, well, when you get Medicare and Medicaid and when you get your Medicare check, that comes a lot from drugs and alcohol and from alcohol and cigarette smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we got to thinking about it. You know. But then when they told us they were built, when they told me out they were building a casino, I said, y'all crazy. We ain't going to <laughs> sing that in Fort Alabama. I sing no way on earth. They gonna I, felt, I, I was like that, too. To <laughs> sing no in Fort. And then we saw it come up, and, and we then, saw it go from ground to where we're at now. Yeah, and I remember them building it, and they had the beam, and you could go out there and, and sign it. it. Yeah. And, and it's uh, still up there. Yeah, yeah, it's still up there. <laughs> we ain't got to tear it down to prove that it's there, but it's there. It's there. It's <laughs> there. It's there. But we've definitely grown from. We sure have. Our tribe has definitely been blessed to have what it has now. It is. It's blessed. And uh, and I don't want to sound bad about it, but, you know, when we were growing up, we didn't have anything like I see it now. But now we, and what gets me is people that did not want to be part of us back in those days. Everybody's wanting to be now. Everybody wants to be an Indian. And I know there's circumstances, you know, things that, happened that people couldn't get on the roll or people couldn't be part of this because of, you know, and that's what really, you know, and then it's my grandkids can't even be old because they don't have enough blood. And they're, to me, considered as much Indian as anybody else because of the the, where they was raised. Where we were raised and stuff. Mm -hmm. My kids, same way. Yeah. Same way, and, yep. and then here it is. Somebody that's never don't even know where Porch Creek is, and stuff. Because when I would go on senior trips, and they were join us, there was a lady asked us. She had never been to Porch Creek. She knew that, but she was a tribal member. But she was a tribal member. She just kept just become a tribal member. Uh, that's what really. Uh, uh, how do you know how we work and what we do? Uh, Mm-hmm. But I'd have seen when we have went off on different on different trips. I've been with the people that guys that plays ball, the girls that's played ball for the tribe, and you let somebody outside that circle start something. One of them, you better mind. The whole bunch is coming. They're going to stand up for they each gonna other. They're going to stand up for one another. Whether yeah. they like that tribal member or not, they're going to stand up. Yeah. I've seen that happen many a times. I mean, you know, yep. 
we're going off and playing ball. Oh, yeah. Those boys and those girls, if one of them, it don't matter. You don't mess with us. You don't <laughs> fool with one of them. So no. some of it's still here. Some of that community is still here. It some is. Of that. It's still here I, because I've seen it several times here, just here lately, you know. Yeah. And you don't fool with our people. You don't. It's that brotherly, sisterly. And I, I think I told, I don't remember if I told you, Billy, but sometimes I call people uncle and aunt. We do. wasn't even I got some uncles. That's a cousin, and I call them uncle. Yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah. We do. It was just, like Uncle Mace and yep. Aunt Ruth May and yep, they ain't even our uncles. Aunt Burley and Aunt Ruth and you know that's yep. what we were growing. That's we what were, we, did. we were told to do when yeah. we were growing up. Well, it sounds like a lot of people have a lot of pride in the community. They do. I mean, Miss Sheila, can you can you agree with that pride of just? Being Indian and have that pride of people knowing that you're mm-hmm. Indian. Have you ever been embarrassed to be an Indian? I mean, not really. There's been times that you know, people, you know, people's looking down at you, but I just smile and go on about my business. That's yep. the same way it is. Employment, yeah. So I'm, you know, they're employed here, but right. they're just here to make Will money. We- they do look down at you. We do have our internal struggle, struggles. Mm-hmm. But it's, you're right. When somebody talks about one another, it's like, hold up now. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're talking about my family. We can talk about them. But don't but you, you let nobody else talk about them. <laughs> and that here lately is one of my big pro- biggest problems. You know, I can talk about how yeah bad that yeah. person is and how, you know, but yeah. you can't do it. But, but you, you can't do it. You don't do you it. You don't do it. I can do it. Right. But you don't do it. Right. And that's one thing that, you know, gets me in trouble here lately, you know, is that. Yeah. And I still got that, you know, hey. Yeah. I don't care how bad they are. Yeah. Or where they come from or where they going. They're still you one of us. You, don't, you keep them out of your mouth. Keep that out of your mouth because that's not none of your business. That's yep. my business. Well, I still think it's like that. So when we mm-hmm. go off and play ball, you know, you're watching other people's kids and yeah. hold up mm-hmm. now. You come back over here with us. And, yeah. You know, it's that's what we do. We when we go to ball yeah. games and stuff, I'm always yeah, watching out watching for other out young'uns. young'uns and no, stuff. Same. I same get here. I get to the point that if I go to something like that, I can't watch what's going on because I'm worried about these young kids, these young uh-huh. <laughs> That's not when we went to Albuquerque this year for the Gathering of the Nations and for the uh, softball tournament. I was kind of like, and I finally just went over there where their, those kids were playing, you know, and uh, and I was so happy that there was kids that are kids that really don't know one another, you know. They was hanging out. They was hanging around together and playing ball. Like my great grandbaby, him and, uh, is it, what's his name, Ethan? Easton. Easton. Uh-huh. Was down there and they was playing. They had made him a bat out of a stick oh, and, and a ball, a rock, and Brooke. they were just playing away, you what's know. What's that, Brooke? Uh-huh. Brooke's Brooke little. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Zane Daltrey. Mm-hmm. He was there. His little girl was out there, and they was playing, and that's like, and I told her, I said, now, she's probably going to get filthy. I said, because it's dirty, dirt. So at the mm-hmm. end, I told him, I said, we're going to have to bleach them all. Yeah. Bleach them all, because they were so dirty. But they were playing, and they, they had, had that bond together and yep. stuff. And uh, yep. that was a real good thing. 
about them. Well, Miss Sheila, you done good. Thank you. And don't be surprised if we don't call you back. And we might need to do another part two. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> part two. Because we love about to talk. growing up. Yeah. I mean, we want to do some stuff about growing up and yeah. porch yeah. and stuff like that. So definitely. we had a song that we. I don't even know who made it up, but I think, uh, I want to say it was Matt Jr. I'm, I want to say, um, uh, to, I've been trying to remember it like that. Uh, I'm proud to be an Indian from Port Switch. I've heard that song. <laughs> where what your pale face could have a ball. <laughs> we play football every Sunday on Port at Porch Baptist, and uh, car wash down at the at a Bonita Creek. And, uh, I don't know. There's several things. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't remember who who put that together. I don't know if it was wrong. If it was, uh, I won't say it was Matt Junior, but I don't know. Hmm. I'll have to find it. Yeah, you gotta find that. Yes, we we'll to get you to sing it for us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And I thank y'all. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Again, we would like to give a big thanks to Miss Sheila. Thank y'all. And thank you, Myra, for coming and joining us today. And we would also like to invite all of our listeners to stay tuned. There'll be more exciting podcasts and interviews coming to you soon. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.